You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, January 12, 2022. Coming up this hour. Jay Powell offers reassuring words on inflation. Price pressures remain in focus with this morning's CPI report. Johnson & Johnson's vaccine gets another side effect warning. And Biogen shares slide after the government limits coverage for its Alzheimer's drug. Governor Hochul says New York COVID rates are plateauing. Plus, President Biden makes a pitch to get rid of filibuster rules. I'm Michael Barr. More I'm John Stanshower in sports. Giants fans got their wish. The team fired Joe Judge. There'll be a new coach and GM. Nick Sinets will play tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. futures are moving higher this morning ahead of today's inflation data. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street. Let me check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about nine points. Dow futures up 62. NASDAQ futures up 49. The DAX in Germany is up half percent. Ten-year Treasury down two thirty seconds, yield 1.74 percent. The yield on the two-year, 0.90 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up six tenths percent or 49 cents at $81.71 a barrel. And Bitcoin this morning at $42,800. Nathan. Well, Karen, we're coming off the first gain for U.S. stocks in more than a week. The rebound came after Jay Powell's confirmation hearing, where the Fed chair looked to reassure senators about the central bank's plans to tackle inflation. If we see inflation persisting, at high levels longer than expected, then, then we will, you know, then we'll, if we have to raise interest rates more over time, we will. We will use our tools to get inflation back. 
Powell told senators the Fed is on course to start raising interest rates and reduce its $8.8 trillion balance sheet. Well, Nathan Powell received a relatively warm reception from the Senate Banking Committee. Arkansas Republican Congressman French Hill was glad to see a heavy focus on inflation. This issue of getting inflation under control uh, and taking action from a monetary policy is should be the principal issue, not climate change, not bank regulatory opinions, but uh, their monetary policy responsibilities. Arkansas Congressman French Hill spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And inflation will remain in the spotlight today, Karen, when government data on consumer prices comes out this morning. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice. Hang on to your hats again. Bloomberg Economics is forecasting a 7% inflation rate year over year. In November, it hit 6.8%, the most since 1982, when Paul Volcker was stomping on the brakes at the Federal Reserve. COVID-19 is still an issue today, as it has been for two long years. Bloomberg Economics says Omicron-related bottlenecks could add further upward pressure through the first quarter. Vinnie Del Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thank you. Well, prices were also front and center in Asia overnight with data showing inflation in China eased in December. And Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has the details. The producer price index rose 10.3% from a year earlier, slowing from November's 12.9%. It was well below forecasts. The government took measures to boost supplies of commodities, and it cracked down on speculation, and food prices fell. Now, the CPI increased 1.5%. That was lower than the projection of 1.7%. Omicron is hitting the economy hard, and these softer numbers might give the PBOC more scope for easing. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you. Let's turn to the pandemic now with a fresh focus on vaccines. We told you yesterday Pfizer and Moderna are working on shots to target the Omicron variant, but it looks like Dr. Anthony Fauci is not on board with that plan. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Dr. Fauci says he feels that time should be spent developing the vaccine that could protect against the umbrella of variants past and to come. And in the interim, boosters will play a major role in protecting our population, at least from severe disease in the context of the ongoing massive surge of the Omicron variant. He says the third mRNA dose regimen seems to be working at preventing severe disease at this time. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, important news this morning for those who have gotten Johnson & Johnson's vaccine. We get the latest from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita. Karen, the FDA is revising its fact sheet for J&J's COVID-19 shot. It now warns of the risk of a rare bleeding disorder, and it includes recommendations for giving J&J's vaccine to people with existing medical conditions. The FDA told J&J that reports suggest an increased risk of the bleeding disorder during the 42 days after patients receive their shot. Symptoms include bruising or excessive or unusual bleeding. This revision comes a month after the CDC recommended Moderna and Pfizer vaccines for adults over J&J's shot. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Vaccines are also in focus in Europe where there's a warning about getting too many booster shots. Let's go live to London and get the latest from Bloomberg's Max Ramsey. Good morning, Max. 
Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Yes, we have this warning from the European Medicines Agency. It's the key EU regulator. They're saying that frequent booster shots could have negative effects on the immune system and tire people out. That's based on repeating boosters every four months. So instead, they think countries should leave more time between vaccines and tie them to the start of the cold season. So following in the footsteps of flu vaccine programs. Live in London, I'm Max Ramsey, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Max, thank you. And finally, in corporate news this morning, shares of Biogen are down more than 10% this morning. The federal government is limiting coverage of Biogen's Alzheimer's treatment. And we get more from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. Last June, the FDA granted Biogen's drug Aduhelm accelerated approval despite objections from FDA advisors. Since then, Medicare has been paying for the treatment on a case-by-case basis. Now the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is curbing access. Coverage of Biogen's therapy and other amyloid-targeted Alzheimer's therapies will be limited to those participating in qualifying clinical trials. The CMS said the decision was the result of a thorough analysis. It found while Aduhelm could help patients, there is also the potential for harm. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are up nine points. Dow futures up 67. NASDAQ futures higher by 52 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 230 seconds. The yield 1.74%. NYMEX crude up six-tenths percent or 47 cents at $81.69 a barrel. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. At 6.07 on Wall Street, we're 23 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with this overturned tractor trailer on eastbound 80 in Hackensack. Details coming up in traffic first. Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Governor Kathy Ockel says the Omicron-fueled COVID surge in New York appears to be cresting over that peak as the rate of increase slows. Hochul says the percentage of New Yorkers that tested positive has dropped to 18.6% from more than 22% in recent days. Cases are slowing down. The rate of increase is slowing down, um, but they're still high. They're still high, but we are not at the end. But I wanted to say that this is, uh, to me, a, a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of hope at a time when we desperately need that. The governor says in New York City, COVID rates are plateauing, while upstate figures are tracking behind the city by a couple of weeks. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy reinstated a public health emergency to respond to the Omicron-fueled surge in COVID cases. The executive order allows for existing orders like requiring masking in schools and daycare settings to remain in effect. Murphy spoke about COVID during his State of the State address yesterday. Just as we thought we had finally gotten ahead of covid the Omicron variant came along. Omicron is doing its best to stop us in our tracks and push us back. We will not let it. Governor Murphy says for now the health emergency declaration is effective immediately and will expire after 30 days. At least 14 of the 17 victims from Sunday's deadly high-rise apartment fire in the Bronx have now been identified. The victims range in age from 5 to 50 years old. The medical examiner's office says all of those killed died from smoke inhalation. Last night, a vigil was held outside the building for the victims. President Biden challenged senators to stand against voter suppression, urging them to end the filibuster rule in order to pass voting rights legislation. President Biden spoke in Atlanta. Jim Crow 2.0 is about two insidious things, voter suppression and election subversion. It's no longer about who gets to vote. It's about making it harder to vote. Meanwhile, Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell is promising to create a logjam for Democrats if they vote to override the filibuster rule. 
We're ready to have this vote. We think it's time for those who want to break the Senate to stand up and try to break the Senate. And let's see where everybody stands. Senator McConnell spoke to reporters after a GOP luncheon. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Michael, thank you. Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanshower. Thanks, Nathan. The firing of Joe Judge means the Giants, if you include an interim head coach a few years ago, are about to have their sixth different coach over an eight-year span. The Steelers have had three coaches in the last 52 years. The feeling was the Giants wanted to avoid having to fire a third-straight coach who lasted just two seasons, but the six-game losing streak to finish the year, plus some bizarre Judge post-game press conferences, Left them with no choice. Reaction from one-time giant Ryan Clark, now an ESPN NFL analyst. If you're going to keep the integrity of what your organization is supposed to be, then Joe Judge can't continue to be the head coach of the New York Giants. This is a team that lost six games by double digits to finish the season. This is the team that nailed the ball on third and nine from their own five-yard line. This is a team that was no longer competing. And the one thing that good teams do is they reflect coaching. So the Giants now need a coach and general manager. Makes sense to get the G. First, it appears that for both jobs, they will look to bring in someone from outside the organization. That's something their fans have wanted. But a strange season for the Islanders. First 13 games all on the road. Team that almost played for the Stanley Cup last season had an 11-game losing streak. Their last eight games have been postponed due to COVID and now set to play the Devils tomorrow. And Islander coach Barry Trotz tested positive. And he just returned from time off after the death of his mother. Knicks tonight go for a fifth straight home win. It would get them back to 500. Dallas comes into the Garden Riding a six-game win streak. The Nets have lost five of their last seven. They visit Chicago. The Bulls won last night by 46. They've got the best record in the East. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. S&P futures now up almost six points. Dow futures up 45. NASDAQ futures are higher by almost 38 points. The 10-year treasury is now down 132nd. The yield 1.74%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit a tri-state area Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. European stocks are moving higher this morning and Treasury yields are steady ahead of that key reading on inflation. U.S. stock index futures are moving higher and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up seven points. Dow futures up 46. NASDAQ futures up 45. The DAX in Germany is up a third of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 132nd. Yield 1.74 percent. The yield on the two-year 0.90 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up seven-tenths percent or 54 cents at $81.76 a barrel. COMEX gold little changed at 1817.40 an ounce. The euro 1.1362 against the dollar. British pound 1.3633. The yen's at 115.41. And Bitcoin this morning moving higher at $42,800. And we do get that CPI report at 8.30 Wall Street time at 2. The Fed releases its beige book. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. 
Karen, thank you very much. Democratic leaders are pushing for changing the filibuster rule in the Senate to push forward on voting rights legislation. The Senate could vote to change it as early as today. President Biden traveled to Georgia to voice his support in changing it. Former Senator Harry Reid will lie in state at the U.S. Capitol as colleagues and friends pay tribute to the Democrat who served five terms in the Senate. Reed will be honored today in the Capitol Rotunda during a ceremony closed to the public. NFL News, the Giants have cleaned house firing coach Joe Judge a day after general manager Dave Gettleman retired. In the NBA, the Wizards won, the Warriors lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's get more now on Fed Chair Jerome Powell's inflation-fighting message as we await Yet another read on consumer prices. Tom Porcelli is with us now, chief U.S. economist at RBC Capital Markets. Of course, Tom, we heard yesterday Powell tell the Senate Banking Committee that the Fed will use its tools to get inflation back. If they have to raise interest rates more over time, they will. Is the Fed getting ahead of inflation? Uh, no, no. I think, okay. I think they're, they're, they're really far behind inflation, which is why now Fed Chair Powell has to act or sound so aggressive. So, no, I, I think that this is sort of playing catch up, um, actually. And so, the, you know, it's, I, I don't know why anyone is all, uh, shocked and bothered when you hear Powell talk about, or stated differently, when you don't hear anyone within the Fed pushing back on the idea that you're going to see at least four rate hikes this year and start quantitative tightening this year. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, uh, and it, what's interesting to me about the whole conversation is it's great that the market is, you know, sort of, you know, now embrace the idea of four hikes. But I think what people have to bear in mind is that, you know, that's just four hikes this year. I, I think you could see another four hikes next year. Um, and, and so I think that this is, this is in part the, the, the catch-up element that's going on. Do you think that Powell is embracing the idea for hikes? Did he get to that point yesterday? Um, I, 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 you know, it's always hard to get inside someone's mind, but I, I would say it this way. Um, you know, there's he had an opportunity yesterday to push back on it, and he'll have ample opportunity over uh, the coming weeks. I mean, there's an FOMC meeting not too far from now. You know, if, 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 you, if they dislike where the market's head is at, they'll push back on it. But just to be clear... We've already heard from quite a number of Fed officials, and I haven't heard any pushing back on it. Good point there. Uh, what about the balance sheet unwind? Powell saying that that could happen sooner and faster. Uh, when do you see that starting to happen? Yeah, so that's another um, dynamic that will happen uh, this year. Uh, we, we expect that it could happen even as early as uh, the first half uh, of, of the year. So it would be sort of after after the first hike. Um, you know, I, I think, again, this is just yet another a, another dynamic that I think is so interesting and so different relative to where we were after um, the GFC, right? The Fed is acting, and I, and I think this is a really important point for, for most people to sort of appreciate or understand. The economic backdrop today is wildly different than the economic backdrop when the Fed started, you know, the process of unwinding the balance sheet back then, right? Like, we were still enduring a jobless recovery. You know, economic activity was, you know, sort of not moving along at a, at a rapid pace. None of that is true today. Um, you know, we've the, the labor backdrop is incredibly tight. Um, we've clawed back most of the lost output. So, again, I, I think no one should be surprised uh, that this entire process is very accelerated versus uh, post-GFC. 
So then is there a risk, if it does get more accelerated, that we could be in line for a policy mistake from the Fed? Yeah, I think, look, any time the Fed is adjusting policy, I think that's always a risk. I mean, I don't think that this this time is um, – uh, well, this time is somewhat unique, <laughs> and, and I can talk about that in a moment. But, but yes, I think any time the Fed is adjusting policy, I think that the, that is always the risk. I think the, the, the risk is bigger this time because the Fed is so far behind the curve. Um, and so if they feel the, if they feel compelled to have to sort of, you know, accelerate, you know, what could have been a gentle hiking cycle um, if they started just sooner – uh, then sure, I think that there's probably more. Ele- I don't know if more elevated is even the right phrase, but um, it's, there's there's more risk uh, probably this go round than what we've seen uh, certainly in recent history. Our last minute here, Tom. What about today's CPI reading? A lot of expectation for that number seven. Is that where you're at? Yep. <clears throat> yes. So I, I think, in fact, again, I, I think let's look even beyond this report. So yes, this report will see an acceleration. I think you see an acceleration in the in the report thereafter. I think you could potentially see one more acceleration even two months from now um, before you finally start to um, you know sort of stabilize at least to some extent, um, and then you have the the sort of those hard year-on-year comps start to eat into the the year-on-year pace. But again, I think we should brace ourselves for a, at least two or three more months of acceleration from here. All right, Tom Porcelli, Chief U.S. Economist at RBC Capital. Thanks for your insights. As always, as we do await that CPI data, uh, the expectation of 7% year-over-year price increases for consumers. We'll have full coverage for you here on Bloomberg Radio. Ahead of all that, S&P futures are up almost 7 points. Dow futures up 45, and NASDAQ futures are higher by 44 points. Little change to the 10-year note now. The yield 1.73%. The yield on the two-year is at 0.90%. NYMEX crude is higher by six-tenths percent or 47 cents, $81.69 a barrel. COMEX gold little change down 70 cents at 1817.80 an ounce. Straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a recession warning to go along with inflation and a new red flag for Johnson & Johnson's COVID vaccine as we check the five things you need to know to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mix of sun and clouds and a high near 40 today. More clouds than sun tomorrow, low 40s. Partly to mostly sunny, breezy, and mid-30s for Friday. Right now, 23 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. Global Analyst helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies. Try Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash GA. 
Up first, U.S. futures are moving higher after yesterday's rebound on Wall Street. The S&P 500 gained almost 1 percent and the Nasdaq rose 1.4 percent after Jay Powell reassured senators about the central bank's plans to tackle inflation. We'll be normalizing policy, meaning we're going to end our asset purchases in March, meaning we'll be raising rates over the course of the year. At some point, perhaps later this year, we will start to allow the balance sheet to run off. Jay Powell made the comments during his confirmation hearing for another term as Fed chair. He also made the case that inflation will slow on its own as supply chain issues ease. And prices are the main focus again today, Karen. The government releases its consumer price index for December this morning. Economists predict a year-over-year gain of 7%. Meantime, Jeffrey Gunlock warns that recessionary pressure is building along with inflation, Nathan. In a webcast, the billionaire bond fund manager said the Fed is pretty far behind the curve. He also thinks the central bank can only raise rates to just one and a half percent before it starts inflicting economic pain. Okay, turning to the pandemic now, vaccines are front and center, and there's important news for those who've gotten Johnson & Johnson's shot. Let's get it from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita. Nathan, the FDA is revising its fact sheet for J&J's COVID-19 vaccine. It warns of the risk of a rare bleeding disorder, and it includes recommendations for giving J&J's shot to people with existing medical conditions. The FDA told j and that reports suggest an increased risk of the bleeding disorder during the 42 days after patients received their vaccine. So far, about 17 million Americans have taken the shot. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Renita, thank you. And in corporate news this morning, shares of Biogen are down almost 10 percent in early trading. The U.S. government is limiting Medicare coverage of the company's Alzheimer's treatment. It'll now only cover patients enrolled in clinical trials. It's a highly unusual move that will curb access to the controversial treatment approved last year. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Again, S&P futures up six points this morning. Dow futures up 47. NASDAQ futures up 35. And the 10-year Treasury little change, the yield 1.73%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 633 on Wall Street. We're 24 degrees in Central Park. We have an accident on the southbound West Side Highway at 125th. Details coming up from Peter Van in a few minutes. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Governor Kathy Ockel says in New York City, COVID rates are plateauing. While upstate figures are tracking behind the city by a couple of weeks. Looks like... We might be cresting over that peak. The governor during her virus briefing says the percentage of New Yorkers that tested positive has dropped to 18.6% from more than 22% in recent days. Hochul says more than 12,500 people were hospitalized in the state on Monday. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy reinstated a public health emergency to respond to the Omicron-fueled surge in COVID cases. Murphy spoke about COVID during his State of the State address yesterday. We are seeing new case counts that dwarf anything we'd seen to this point. Upwards of four times as many New Jerseyans have COVID today than did one year ago. The governor says the executive order allows for existing orders like requiring masking in schools to remain in effect. At least 14 of the 17 victims from Sunday's deadly high-rise apartment fire in the Bronx 
have now been identified. Last night, a vigil was held for the victims who ranged in age from 5 to 50 years old. The medical examiner's office says all of those killed died from smoke inhalation. President Joe Biden is challenging senators to stand against voter suppression, urging them to change Senate rules in order to pass voting rights legislation. Republicans are blocking it from debate and votes. Biden spoke in Atlanta. I will not yield. I will not flinch. I will defend the right to vote. Our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. Two voting rights bills are currently stalled. Republicans say the bills aren't aimed at fairness but at giving Democrats election advantages. GOP Senate leader Mitch McConnell is promising to create a logjam for Democrats if they vote to nuke the filibuster rule to advance voting rights. It takes unanimous consent to turn the lights on. So in a post-nuclear Senate, it's appropriate to ask, how easy would it be to get consent to turn the lights on? McConnell spoke to reporters after a Republican luncheon. Shortages at U.S. grocery stores have grown in recent weeks. New problems like the Omicron variant and severe weather are piling on to the supply chain struggles and labor shortages that have plagued retailers since the coronavirus pandemic began. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. Coming up to 636 on Wall Street, time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanshower. All right, Nathan, Joe Judge was a surprise hire by the Giants two years ago, a then 38-year-old relatively unknown special teams coach in New England. The Giants under Judge did finish last season strong, but this season a nightmare. A club record tying 13 losses, including an embarrassing six-game losing streak down the stretch where the Giants struggled to even get a first down. The Giants... Fired Judge with owner John Mara, who met with Judge both Monday and yesterday, saying in a statement it was his desire at the start of the season to have the team going in the right direction at the end, and that's not the case. Mara and co-owner Steve Tisch have begun the process to hire a new general manager to replace the outgoing Dave Gettleman, and then the owners with the new GM will hire a new coach. It'll be the sixth different coach over the last eight years. The Giants since 2017 tied with the Jets for the worst record in football. Novak Djokovic practicing to defend his Australian Open title, but still not sure if he'll be allowed to play. Djokovic now admits that his team made a mistake in his travel documents for his arrival, which led to his visa being taken away. He also admits he was in public last month without a mask, even after learning he had tested positive. The Australian Immigration Office said to be deciding whether to deport Djokovic, which could lead to more legal challenges. The tournament begins next Monday. The Mets under new owner Steve Cohen last year retired Jerry Kuzman's number 36, and now they will do likewise with another ex-Met great Keith Hernandez, his number 17. He, of course, a longtime Mets broadcaster. College Hoops, Rutgers lost at Penn State. Top-ranked Baylor's first loss of the year, beaten by Texas Tech. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. It's 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks now. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent. Kriti Gupta is with us this morning, starting off with some possible deal news in the communications space, Kriti. Yeah, we're going to start off with Dish Network. How long has it been since we've heard that name in the stock movers, Nathan? <laughs> yeah. D-I-S-H is your ticker, up 8% in the pre-market. It's coming after the New York Post reported that the pay TV provider is in fresh merger talks with DirecTV and those new talks being pushed by DirecTV shareholder TPG Capital. Uh, let's put this in some context, though, because they actually had a proposed combination of the two firms 
Two decades ago, uh, it was eventually shot down by the FCC and the U.S. Justice Department. They tried again just about two years ago, and the DOJ quietly warned executives against the deal. So let's see this this time it goes through. Once again, Dish uh, Network, D-I-S-H, up 8% in the pre-market. Speaking of mergers and deals, we should talk about Microsoft as well. MSFT, up half a percent. This comes after the Competition and Markets Authority, which is that antitrust regulatory kind of body in the U.K is considering whether Microsoft's acquisition of nuanced communications should be an antitrust issue in the UK. They're actually looking for competitive reasons, anything to see that would it would threaten the goods and services kind of provided in the UK. Nevertheless, those shares are up half a percent in the pre-market ahead of the start of that review. Something to watch in the days and in the weeks ahead. Yeah, and I'm sure, Creedy, you've been watching shares of Biogen this morning. We've been reporting all morning about the latest negative news around their Alzheimer's treatment. Right. Well, remember, they have they have tried to get this very controversial Alzheimer's treatment approved around the world. The US FDA is really the only one who approved it. The European Medical Authority, the Japanese Medical Authority, which was the big shocker, uh, both denying it, saying it was too controversial. Well, it looks like Biogen is down again, this time after the US government limited Medicare coverage of that Alzheimer's disease treatment and similar drugs to patients enrolled in clinical trials. It's a pretty unusual move. It curves access to the controversial treatment. Uh, but what's interesting is that you're also seeing the impact happen in Eli Lilly shares. LLY is the ticker there, down 2.2% in sympathy, saying that some of those encroachments might affect them as well. And Biogen, B-I-I-B, is the ticker, down 10%. Nathan, I'm going to throw a quick one at you here. Okay. PayPal as well, down 2.5%, getting cut to a hold from a buy over at Jefferies. The analyst saying PayPal's multiple is unlikely to expand on a lack of catalyst. Nathan. All right. A negative analyst call there from Bloomberg Radio and TV. Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta keeping us on top of what's happening in the early trading. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole ahead of the Wednesday morning open, modestly higher. S&P futures up five points. Dow futures up 46. Nasdaq futures on the rise by 31 points. The 10-year Treasury right now, little changed at 1.73% yield for a 10-year Treasury note. And the yield on the two-year right now, 0.90%. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mix of sun and clouds and a high near 40 today. Low 40s with more clouds than sun tomorrow. It'll turn sunny and breezy for Friday with a high near 35. Right now, 24 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures on the rise this morning. We had the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Ken. That's right. Modest gains in the U.S. futures right now. With Dow futures higher by 54 points. SMB's gained seven. Well, the Nasdaq futures are higher by 36. The U.S. 10-year yield at 1.74%. Gold is down three. Oil trading higher. And Bitcoin is little changed. Japan rose 1.9% overnight, while European markets are also in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, the Consumer Price Index 
And at 2 o'clock, the Fed releases its beige book. After the bell last night, it was reported that Medicare limited the coverage of Biogen's Alzheimer's drug. Shows are down 10% in the pre-market. And regarding earnings this morning, Jeffrey's revenue missed estimates. Wrapping things up, Snowflake raised to overweight at Barclays. DoorDash raised over at Evercore. PayPal was cut to hold at Jeffrey's. And Biogen was cut to neutral over at Piper. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. To hear live breaking news over here at Bloomberg, type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The Biden administration will increase the amount of COVID-19 tests available for schools by $10 million per month. According to the White House, that more than doubles the amount of testing available for schools compared to testing that took place in November of 2021. Top NATO and Russian officials are meeting to try to bridge deep differences over the future of Ukraine. The meeting comes in a week of high-stakes diplomacy and a U.S.-led effort to prevent what some fear could be a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Tennis star Novak Djokovic, caught up in visa drama in Australia, admitted that he attended a newspaper interview and a photo shoot when he knew he was infectious with COVID-19. NFL News, the Giants have fired coach Joe Judge a day after general manager Dave Gettleman retired. In the NBA, the Wizards won, the Warriors lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael, thank you. It is 6.49 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, which announced the renowned scholar and educational leader, Dr. Tech Lim, will join the university as NJIT's ninth president. Learn more at njit.edu. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A federal judge has revived the Federal Trade Commission antitrust complaint against Facebook. The FTC said the social network abused its dominance and should be broken up. The same judge had dismissed the case in June, but now says the agency has established that Facebook exercises monopoly power. Facebook said the evidence will reveal the weakness of the government's case. Opponents of a planned commercial spaceport on the Georgia coast have asked a judge to stop local officials from buying land for the commercial launch pad. They want a special election that would let voters decide whether the deal should happen. Officials have spent years pursuing Doing spaceport Camden, calling it a once-in-a-generation opportunity that would boost the economy, not only by launching satellites into orbit, but also by luring supporting industries and tourists. Opponents say there's no guarantee the project will deliver economic growth. Sony will keep making PlayStation 4 consoles this year because of supply chain disruptions that have limited output of the more expensive PlayStation 5. The newer version has been in short supply since it was released more than a year ago. The older console uses less advanced chips and is easier to make. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios where it's almost 6.51 on Wall Street and time to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories from our nation's capital include Fed Chair Powell's assurances that the Fed will curb inflation while doing no harm to the economy. President Biden pitching voting rights as allies call for less talk and more action. And the White House ramping up COVID test production even after demand fades. Also making news, Democrats considering a way to move voting rights that could be described as out of this world. We'll get to the 
that story with the uh, reporter who broke it, Bloomberg Governments, Emily Wilkins. Want to get to that story shortly, but first, Emily, we got to talk about Chairman Powell's testimony before the Senate Banking Committee yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so Chairman Powell, his main message on inflation was, look, the Fed is going to have this under control. He really did seek to reassure lawmakers that they can bring down the inflation that we've seen rising up over the past month, could see rising up again today when the next CPI numbers drop. Um, it was a two-and-a-half-hour hearing. There really wasn't any testy exchanges between Powell and lawmakers, even though, of course, you kind of have this dividing line where you have Democrats who want Powell to do more to help individuals versus Republicans who are concerned about the amount of stimulus funding that's going into the economy. Um, but Powell really did tie a lot of what's happening with inflation back to what we're seeing with the supply chain and suggesting that when the COVID eases again, when the supply chain is able to catch up a little bit, that's when we are going to see inflation going back down. So not a lot of friction for Chairman Powell at the hearing, but could we see more friction when it comes to some of President Biden's other Fed nominees? We're hearing some blowback around the president's pick for top Fed regulator. Yes. So Sarah Bloom Raskin, the vice chair of supervision over at the Federal Reserve, um, her nomination from Biden has been praised by several Democratic senators, mostly due to her records on climate change. But that same record is bringing criticism from Pat Toomey, who is the top Republican on the Senate Banking Committee. Uh, he's concerned that Sarah Bloom Raskin might wind up using her position to really sort of push more policy related to uh, climate change rather than, say, focus more on the job in and of itself. Uh, he sent a letter yesterday that he has serious concerns that she would abuse the Fed's uh, narrow statutory mandates on monetary policy. Uh, this might not mean anything if enough Democrats are still in favor of Raskin's nomination. She needs 50 to go through. But it's notable that climate is the sticking point here because Senator Joe Manchin is one of those 50 Democrats whose votes is needed. Obviously comes from uh, West Virginia, really known for its coal production. And this could wind up being a, a problem. I, I would say that the, the question mark is not so much around Pat Toomey, uh, much more around Joe Manchin. Interesting you mentioned Senator Manchin because he's also a potentially pivotal vote when it comes to voting rights legislation. We're continuing to get the reaction to President Biden's speech in Atlanta yesterday. How did it do with the base? It didn't do very well. The NAACP uh, really said after the speech that sorry, the time to talk was, was up and it's now time to act and that they really want to see action from President Biden, that going to Atlanta and making these speeches. None of that is enough for a lot of Biden's core supporters. They say that they need more from the president. The, the difficulty is here is that Democrats' hands are pretty much tied at this point, unless Manchin and Sinema, uh change their mind about uh, the changing uh, Senate uh, procedures, Senate vote uh, for how the Senate votes, which is something lawmakers are, are working on, right? They're trying to meet with Sinema. We had Oprah call Manchin. Um, they're <laughs> trying to persuade these minds, but it's just not happening at this point. Uh, lawmakers are beginning to discuss a potential legislative workaround. Um, obviously, the Senate, they have a ton of procedural votes, and it's on those procedural votes that other voting rights legislation has died. So there's been discussion now about using a bill that has nothing to do with voting rights. It has to do with, with NASA. And 
the bill's already passed the Senate. It went back to the House. The House is potentially going to pass that bill back to the Senate, and that would allow it to skip some of that process. The Senate could then put text inside that NASA bill that has to do with voting rights and maybe begin to move the bill forward on having some debate. Uh, it's not guaranteed that a bill like that would pass because it skips some process, but not all of it. But it would be a way for senators to really begin to actually discuss the meat of the voting rights legislation, where in the past they, they've really been signing by, process, by the process of too early to ever actually really be able to discuss the merits of the bill. Yeah, tucking it into a NASA bill, that would be quite the workaround, Emily. Uh, finally, in our last minute here, let's look at the COVID response at the White House. You got a little new, more news this morning when it comes to testing. So the White House, knowing that they're under heavy criticism for what happened with testing uh, in, the, in the rise of the Omicron, they vowed that they're going to wind up producing the tests in large numbers, even after the Omicron variant surge is no longer here. Um, they have pledged that they want to make sure that they are ready for the next time there's a potential surge. They want to keep Americans from waiting in long lines. Um, and they've also begun to roll out the plan to ship 500 million at-home testing kits to households that need them. Um, details are still coming about that website. We're expecting to see more this week. Uh, but this is really the Biden administration kind of late uh, to the game here, but trying to respond to the concerns around testing that a lot of Americans have been experiencing in recent weeks. Our Bloomberg government reporter, Emily Wilkins, with the exhaustive update this morning from the nation's capital. As always, Emily, thank you. And you can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal and listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Right now, S&P futures are up five points. Dow futures up 41. NASDAQ futures higher by 33 points. Ten-year Treasury is down 230 seconds. The yield 1.74%. Yield on the two-year right now 0.90%. NYMEX crude is higher by eight-tenths percent or 66 cents at $81.88 a barrel. Comex gold down $1.50 at 18.17 even announced. The euro 1.1359 against the dollar. The yen 115.42. Bitcoin just shy of $43,000. Bloomberg surveillance is up next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. And this is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.